The horror movies I love are Frozen in Time. Stanley Kubrick's sublime The Shining breaks all of the rules. It breaks the rules of adaptation by completely upending the plot and meaning of Stephen King's original book. The plot of the movie doesn't even really make sense from a story point of view. King's book is very much about telekinesis inside people and inside the Overlook Hotel. The hotel wants the boy Danny because his powers are so great. In their way is the mother, strong and protective, who will keep them from getting the boy. They use recovering alcoholic Jack, the writer, to kill off the mother and bring the boy into the fold. In the movie, Jack simply loses his mind inside the potentially haunted hotel. Kubrick has simplified it greatly to focus on the claustrophobia of the snowed-in hotel and how it might break down a marriage. If The Shining was released today, it would be trashed by some 200 self-appointed critics who operate more or less as a hive mind that monitors issues of social justice, as every industry controlled by the left does. But in 2021, there is no such thing as a purely great movie, unless it crosses all of the T's and dots all of the I's. Amazon Studios has even written it into its DEI guidelines for filmmakers, The left has been consumed by its own righteousness and has become every bit the zealots of the evangelical right. The Shining is allowed to mostly exist as a film made before the religion took hold, pre-2014. It would not be made now the same way, not a chance. First of all, you could probably count on one hand those working today with Kubrick's talent and ability. But secondly, there's no way it would be told the way Kubrick decided to tell it. Kubrick's The Shining would be described as misogynistic, no doubt, by many of those who cover film. The irritation with the actress Shelley Duvall by Stanley Kubrick and star Jack Nicholson is clearly evident and, dare we say, hilariously funny. But it's funny in that way you might only get if you were a member of Generation X. That is, those of us who really were jaded throughout our young adult lives and preferred subversive art to almost every other kind. We think Taxi Driver is funny. We think Blue Velvet is funny, and yes, we think The Shining is funny. But it's also brilliant. The reason is, quite simply, that Stanley Kubrick is a great director. He took material that wasn't his and made it his. Kubrick's The Shining spoke about the social issues of the time in a quiet whisper, like many of the films of the late 70s did. Feminism, in particular, was taking a hit. If you remember the 80s, you'll remember how no woman wanted to admit she was a feminist. It had a negative connotation at least to any woman who wanted to attract a man. You heard, I'm not a feminist, but a lot. It took a while for the word to come back into style. Of course, now it barely exists as a standalone movement because it's been overtaken by trans rights or non-binary or LGBTQIA+. Feminism? What's that? Stephen King wrote The Shining in 1977 and is and was most definitely married to and influenced by a feminist, his wife Tabitha. So the book is in the same kind of commentary that the film version of The Shining is. If you're familiar with King's work, you know what an important person Tabitha is to him. He has called her his ideal reader, and there is no way she doesn't get the first pass when he writes a draft. Because of that, even with the awkward sex scenes factored in, his books have always been feminist-friendly. Kubrick, however, was having none of that. The film version exists inside the mind of a man who is driven so insane by his wife and son that he imagines a hotel driving him towards murder. If you had not read the book, that might have been your takeaway. 
I find the book actually scary and the movie kind of funny. Much of that is due to Nicholson's hammy but hilarious and magnetic performance as Jack. I, I think maybe he should be taken to a doctor. You think maybe he should be taken to a doctor? <laughs> when do you think maybe he should be taken to a doctor? As soon as possible. As soon as possible. Jack. You believe his health might be at stake? Yes. And you are concerned about him? Uh, yes. And are you concerned about me? Of course I am. Of course you are. Have you ever thought about my responsibilities? What are you talking about? Have you ever had a single moment's thought about my responsibilities? Have you ever thought for a single solitary moment about my responsibilities to my employers? Has it ever occurred to you that I have agreed to look after the Overlook Hotel until May the 1st? Does it matter to you at all that the owners have placed their complete confidence and trust in me and that I have signed a letter of agreement, a contract, in which I have accepted that responsibility? You have the slightest idea what a moral and ethical principle is, do you? Has it ever occurred to you what would happen to my future if I were to fail to live up to my responsibilities? Has it ever occurred to you? Has it? Stay away from me. Why? I just want to go back to my room. Why? You've had your whole fucking life to think things over. What good's a few minutes more gonna do you now? Stay with me. Please. Don't hurt me. I'm not gonna hurt you. Stay away from me. Wendy. Stay away. Darling, light of my life. I'm not gonna hurt you. You didn't let me finish my sentence. I said, I'm not gonna hurt you. I'm just gonna bash your brains in. I'm gonna bash him right the fuck in. <laughs> Nicholson appears to be trolling Shelley Duvall throughout, and though she famously had a traumatic or difficult experience on the set, the result is something weird and unexpected. The more distraught she becomes, the harder he is on her, and somehow it becomes funny. This is one of the things about comedy that's hard to explain. If you dissect it and analyze it, there's nothing funny about it, but somehow it is. Even though Shelley Duvall is mousy and bullied by Jack in the movie, she still manages to be the feminist hero in the film. That she isn't really as much in the book. That's because she is saved by the character Scatman Crothers plays in the film. He's killed in the film, leaving Wendy to be the hero. The acting in The Shining is great. The story is pretty good. But what makes it timeless is the directing. If you want to know what great directing is, watch this film. Shots like this one. Kubrick doesn't have to make this scene funny. It's supposed to be scary. It's the scene where Halloran realizes that Wendy and Danny are in danger. But he makes it funny anyway in the two zoom shots. One of the bummers of living through 2021, if you love movies, is that the notion of what makes a great director comes secondary to their gender or skin color. A white man like Stanley Kubrick is expected to recede into the background to allow for marginalized groups to step up and be counted. And while there is certainly nothing wrong with inclusion, when it comes to great directing, enforcing equity can mean you are going to watch people praise movies that aren't very good. 
and ignore movies that really are great just to keep things equitable and fair. The best horror movies ever made were directed by men, and those include Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho and The Birds, Nicholas Rogue's Don't Look Now, Brian De Palma's Carrie, John Carpenter's Halloween and The Thing and They Live, Philip Kaufman's Invasion of the Body Snatchers, Toby Hooper's Poltergeist, Ridley Scott's Alien, William Friedkin's The Exorcist. I also count Steven Spielberg's Jaws and David Fincher's Gone Girl's horror films, even if they don't fit the traditional definition. Jennifer Cantu, who directed The Babadook, and Mary Heron, who directed American Psycho, are among the short list of women whose films are on par with the best of the genre. I don't know why men are better directors than women. Some would say a patriarchal society handed directing to men, or that men are mentored and guided where women aren't. Some even say that men are more visually inclined than women since they were the hunters where women were the gatherers. Most people I know don't want to have this conversation. It is verboten. We have to all just pretend everything is normal and everything is going fine and the only thing holding women back was sexism. Maybe someday that will be true. Maybe more chances for women will mean they eventually make movies that are as great as the ones men have made. I don't know. I just know that right now they do not. Not if we're counting the greatest films ever made. From my perspective, I love great movies. I hope that the best directors will still be able to make them and be celebrated for them, regardless of whether they are male or female. I do sometimes worry that great movies will have to come second to the ideology going forward. Woke casting and storylines are easy to spot for someone like me who grew up on movies from a different era. My daughter tells me that she and her friends mock films and advertising that are too obviously woke because they know when they are being pandered to like any generation would. Great movies have to tell a truth. They have to be true to what they are trying to do. To get there, it is sometimes necessary to, as is the case with The Shining, be willing to risk people saying it is misogynist. It might be. There is no denying that it's funny that a guy like Jack would be trapped in a hotel with a woman like Wendy. Backing off even a little bit from that essential premise and the whole movie falls apart. Weather forecast said it's going to snow tonight. What do you want me to do about it? Oh, come on, hon. Don't be so grouchy. I'm not being grouchy. I just want to finish my work. Okay, I understand. I'll come back later on with a couple of sandwiches for you, and maybe you'll let me read something then. Wendy, let me explain something to you. Whenever you come in here and interrupt me, you're breaking my concentration. You're distracting me. And it will then take me time to get back to where I was. Understand? Yeah. Fine. And we're going to make a new rule. Whenever I'm in here, you hear me typing. Whether you don't hear me typing, whether the fuck you hear me doing in here when I'm in here, that means that I am working. That means don't come in. Now, do you think you can handle that? Yeah. Fine. Why don't you start right now and get the fuck out of here? 
A great horror film like Jordan Peele's Get Out very much exists in the post-2014 universe of The Woke because it is from the POV of a black filmmaker whose nightmare is racism. It tells that truth extraordinarily well, but going forward it seems that the rules can sometimes hurt the story in various ways, like the idea that only white people can be bad and people of color must always be good, or like casting films in order to meet diversity requirements but in so doing throw the whole film off as I've seen recently in a film that is not yet out. Here they cast a black female in the role of what is written as a traditional wasp. It's important that she is a wasp because the whole arc of the main character is about being shut out of that unattainable world. The Great Awakening also demands that directors be pure and good from their childhood onward. They are scolded for harsh treatment of actors that drove them to the emotional brink like Shelley Duvall in The Shining, Kim Basinger in Nine and a Half Weeks, The new requirements also forbid casual or gratuitous nudity or maybe even sex scenes. The nudity and sex in Halloween would be deep-sixed and probably that way too graphic scene in Don't Look Now with Donald Sutherland and Julie Christie that so many for so long insisted was real sex. For all of these reasons and many more, I kind of think the best horror films, maybe the best films overall, are going to have to live in the past in a time when artists were free to tell stories and direct films in ways that didn't necessarily comport to good behavior or keep humanity on the righteous path. Happy Halloween, dear readers. Go watch a great movie. Thanks for listening to my Substack. You can find more at sashastone.substack.com. If you'd like more of my writing and podcasts, you can find my memoir at um, goldtripping.com, all one word, goldtripping.com, and at awardsdaily.com. Enjoy your weekend. Thanks for listening. Do you know how I knew your name was Doc? You know what I'm talking about, don't you? I can remember when I was a little boy. My grandmother and I could hold conversations entirely without ever opening our mouths. She called it shiny. And for a long time, I thought it was just the two of us that had the shine to us. Just like you probably thought you was the only one. But there are other folks, though mostly they don't know it or don't believe it. How long have you been able to do it? Why don't you want to talk about it? I'm not supposed to. Who said you ain't supposed to? Tony. Who's Tony? Tony is a little boy that loves my mouth. Is Tony the one that tells you things? Yes. How does he tell you things? It's like I go to sleep and he shows me things. But when I wake up, I can't remember everything. Does your mom and dad know about Tony? Yes. 
they know he tells you things? No, Tony told me never to tell him. Has Tony ever told you anything about this place? About the Overlook Hotel? I don't know. Now think real hard, Doc. Think. Maybe he showed me something. Try to think of what it was. Drallon, are you scared of this place? No. Scared nothing here. It's just that. You know, some places are like people. Some shine and some don't. I guess you could say the Overlook Hotel here has something about it that's like shining. Is there something bad here? Well... something happens, it can leave a trace of itself behind. Say like if someone burns toast. Well, maybe things that happen leave other kind of traces behind. Not things that anyone can notice, but things that people who shine can see. Just like they can see things that haven't happened yet. Well, sometimes they can see things that happened a long time ago. I think a lot of things happened right here in this particular hotel over the years. And not all of them was good. What about room 237? Room 237? You're scared of room 237, ain't you? No, I ain't. Mr. Allen, what is in room 237? Nothing. There ain't nothing in room 237. But you ain't got no business going in there anyway. So stay out. You understand? Stay out.